It happened, Jeff. It finally happened. Got that transplant you were hoping to get? <laughs> no, we have a trailer. Oh, wait, we have, we have a podcast to do. I'm sorry. Welcome to Shellheads. Hi, let's get all the form- formalities out of the way. We're a, a, a Ninja Turtles uh, a podcast about all kinds of Ninja Turtle stuff. We have a na- main topic later. My buddy here, Jeff, he is the co-host. I am also the co-host. Blah, 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 blah. Let's get to the point. Uh, what's our first segment? Jeff. <laughs> Did you eat a bunch of sugar today? That is not a segment, Jeff. <laughs> it's time to see what's in Sergio's box. <laughs> Let the music play out. Okay, what's in Sergio's box? Um, So I went to Five Below this week. Okay. Uh, and uh, I talked a few weeks ago about some metal figs that I got for Christmas. And those metal figs have, you know, a keychain on them. And I was like, hey, blah, 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 blah. They came in a four-pack from GameStop. Well... Apparently, Five Below is carrying the exact same figures that are not, like, a metallic paint job individually for $5 a piece. piece. I picked them up. I got three out of the four. The only one I'm missing is Raphael, which is ironic because I he's my favorite. Ha, 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 ha. I move on. What's our next topic, Jeff? <laughs> it's time for Secret of the News. <laughs> Okay, the show can start finally. <laughs> so, Jeff, have have you heard any Ninja Turtles news this week? Just a little bit. <laughs> uh, last week we 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 chose to uh, go with the big news last. Do you, would you like to do that here now? I think. Um, I don't know. Like, should we? I mean, everyone. I mean, we should probably go ahead and lead with the big stuff. All right, then. Then let's lead with the big stuff. Uh, so uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem uh, is the movie that is being released later this year in August. Yeah, in August. Yeah. It being, what, six months, uh, five months away? It's time to get a trailer, which we got. We also got a cast reveal. Uh, let's talk about the cast reveal first, Jeff, because that came out on what, a Friday or a Saturday? Uh, Sunday? One was of those it? things. One yeah, of those things. So, oh boy. Let's see. We're just go through this one one person at a time. The four turtles, uh, played by young, pretty much unknown voice actors, Nicholas Cantu, uh, Shaman Brown Jr., Micah Abbey, and Brady Noon are playing the turtles. Now Since, let me stop let me stop you right there. Okay, um, because out of the four turtles actors, Nicholas is probably uh, the most—I don't want to say prolific, but like one that's well known in voice acting. He okay. is the voice of Gumball Watterson on the Amazing World of Gumball. Okay, all right, and he's playing Leonardo, which is interesting because Gumball's like you know a goofy character, and he's got that comedic timing down. I would I would thought had thought that, you know, he would be a perfect fit for, for Mikey. But, you know, I'm sure he'll do just fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, before we move any farther, the one thing I want to point out and the one thing that we'll talk more about when we talk about the trailer is. These are kids playing kids. Yep. The teenagers playing teenagers. They look like teenagers. They look like kids. They they sound like kids. 
this is exactly what I was hoping for. Because I'm I'm strongly in the camp of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles should be teenagers. Uh, otherwise, I, we don't know enough about these actors to really, you know, say, oh, they're going to be great. We have, you know, a few minutes worth of footage from a teaser trailer. So let's yeah. move on. Uh, oh, no. OK, here we go. Splinter is being played by the one and only Jackie Chan. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, April is being played by Ayo Edibiri. Edibiri? I don't, I don't know how to say that. Um, Ice Cube is Superfly, the character that we talked about when we saw the figures. I believe it was the last episode. Maya Rudolph, I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. The amazing Maya Rudolph is Cynthia Utram. Okay, let's talk about those four. So, what's, what's very interesting about Jackie Chan being Master Splinter. Um, I think that's like a perfect choice. Um, it also kind of comes full circle um, because uh, for those of you that have seen uh, the 2007 CGI film, uh, Mako was the voice of Splinter. It was also his last uh, role. Um, Jackie starred in a movie called The Big Brawl with Mako playing his uncle. So that's just kind of cool to have that kind of like double connection and to have him uh, voicing Splinter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, one question. Isn't Jackie Chan Chinese? He is. Okay. I, you know, I, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, it. This is not unusual, but it, like, how many times have we had non-Japanese actors doing these voices? I mean, we had, you know, two fantastic black actors voicing Shredder. That's true. And you know, I think the only time we had a Japanese actor to do Splinter was um, the the 2012 series. Okay. All right. Look, I'm not complaining. It's just these are questions that the Internet is just furious about. So really, they're 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 upset that Jackie's voicing Splinter. Uh, well, let me afraid. Furious is not the, the I, that's I oversold that. Um, It's been p brought up multiple times. It's like, hey, Jackie Chan's not Japanese. And. Outside of that one little tidbit, I think it's fantastic casting and most people are on board. Yeah. Uh, but we would not be doing our due diligence if we didn't point that out. Right. Um, Cynthia Utram. I just, I, I don't know. What do you mean? Like, I, I need to know what's what's going on with all that. What what that tells me is there is Utrams in this universe. Yeah. Whether they're, you know, synthetic. Oh, Cynthia, syn, 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 synthetic, maybe. Yeah. Um. Whether they're, you know, robots with brains in their bellies or or what, like, she, they're in they're in the film, which is cool, or at least one of them is, which could hint at a much larger universe, right? Uh, and Cynthia Utram tells me that she is incognito as a human. Yeah. At least, you know, that's I think that's what what they're supposed to hint at here. Um, April O'Neil. I'm not familiar with this actress. I'm not either. I don't think. Let me 
Let me Google her again. Uh, wait, no, I am. I've seen her. She was in The Bear. I have not watched that. The Bear is a FX show uh, set in a Chicago restaurant and is is like a like a window into the world of just the service industry in a way that most TV shows have never seen before. Uh, it is fiction, you know, it, it is, you know, it's a fictional tale, but many of the, my friends in the service industry are like, it was alarming how accurate it was. She plays the young, like and hungry, like chef person who wants to learn from the owner. Right. Mm-hmm. She's fantastic in that show. Now I'm kind of excited for her to play April O'Neil. She is an African-American girl mm-hmm. uh, and she and the April O'Neil in the trailer is a black character. So uh, they are, of course, going the same direction, at least, you know, race wise as the rise of the team and T show went, which mm-hmm. at this point, I think is a good idea, which is probably not a very popular opinion. Yeah, the Internet's not happy, uh, which is usually the case. When it comes to the internet, um, yeah, uh, everything from why is April black? Why is she fat? Why is all you know? I was like, why does she look like Whoopi Goldberg? You know, I, I've seen all the comments. Um, yeah, I, I saw like three or four, and I was like, yep, the, the internet's doing exactly what what the internet is designed for. Uh, so, all right, um, I, I look at it this way: like, if this movie is for kids, which we need to check ourselves and just remember that this movie is for kids. Uh, yeah. How long ago was it that um, Rise of the Team and T debuted? Was it what? 2018? Um, Possibly before that? 17 yeah. or 18? If you started watching Ninja Turtles at the age of five and you're now 10 or 11, the April that you know is black. Yeah. Okay. If you're trying to, if you're trying to, you know, resonate with fans of the most recent TV show, you cast in that direction. There was nothing wrong with the April in that show. There's probably nothing wrong with this one. It is, uh, she she is, she's, she's hefty Mm -hmm. in the trailer, which is a change. Again, there's nothing wrong with it. It, it, you know, I, used to April being, you know, relatively, I don't want to say slim trim trim. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Like there's nothing wrong with April being a larger black woman, you know, unless she sucks as a character. Yeah. And we'll see that when the movie comes out. Uh, you know, I, we, we have, you know, been skeptical about a lot of things about this movie ever since we, we've seen anything on it. And, I think we've still kept an open mind about what it could be and what it's going to be. And I implore everyone who is listening and everyone who is, you know, either pooping on this movie or praising the trailer or whatever, just keep an open mind. That's, that's the most health. That's the most healthy thing to do regardless. Yes. Because, you know, as I'm certainly guilty of, you know, that when I saw, you know, the first uh, glimpses of rise and stuff, I'm like, Nope. Nope, this isn't. Nope. And then now it's like one of my most favorites. 
because I, I literally dug my heels in and, and just gave it a chance. <laughs> and, you know, there, there are some things in the trailer that I'm like, Ooh, I don't know. You know, cause like, you know, we'll get there. We'll, we'll get yeah, to the trailer. Yeah. We'll get to the trailer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the only other character here in the, in this batch of four, uh, is Superfly, which apparently is not Baxter Stockman. Yeah. It's kind of weird. That, but, you know, let's not have Baxter be a fly right away. Let's, you know. Or fly at all. Yeah. Let's just. I don't know. I like Ice Cube. I do, too. Unfortunately, he's not going to be able to cuss like Ice Cube. Ice Cube. No. <laughs> no. Uh, let's see. The next four we have are Seth Rogen playing Bebop. John Cena playing Rocksteady. That seems apt. <laughs> Paul Rudd as Mondo Gecko. Yeah. Rose Byrne as Leatherhead. Okay, there's there's a few noticeable things here. Bebop. Seth Rogen playing Bebop on the surface is not a terrible thing. Bebop is technically a black dude. Yeah. So I can see there there being some uh some uproar about Seth Rogen portraying him. Uh, however, Bebop and Rocksteady need to be played by people like Seth Rogen. <laughs> yeah. And like, if, uh, if people don't remember um, in the eighties cartoon, um, he was voiced by Barry Gordon. Yeah. Yeah. But of course the original character was black, you know? So right. that's, that, that's something that is trended into a very specific direction in modern day filmmaking is you cast black people for black roles, even if they're voice acted. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I can't disagree with that. It's so, so it is a little weird, but again, I have no problem with it because it seems like the perfect casting otherwise. Yeah. And it would be nice if like he does tries to actually like do a voice that's not his own. <laughs> Good <No>. luck. <laughs> yeah. Cause again, it's, not everybody is a voice actor. Not everybody can do voices, you know? So mm -hmm. some people are just a one trick pony and just have that one voice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Then we have uh, John Cena, which this is the second wrestler to play Rocksteady. And the, uh, I would say probably one of the only people here that has already worked on a turtles uh series oh that's very true that's true so he's had some uh some time doing the voice acting all right okay um let's see mondo gecko uh, of course paul rudd had to be in this thing right of course of course <laughs> i mean <laughs> these guys love working together you know and picking one of the best characters for him to voice come on let's go yeah Oh yeah, yeah. I've I've got no complaints about Paul. It's hard to complain about Paul Rudd ever, ever. And he like also well, we we need to figure out what kind of magic he's using because he looks the same he did like twenty thirty years ago. Yes, yes. He's he's he is he is a wizard. Yep. Um, Leatherhead, played by Rose Byrne, uh, means that they are doing a gender swap on Leatherhead. I'm not happy about this. You're not happy about this? Okay. 
Well, and it's not for the reasons that you think. It's like, you know, look, we're all used to Leatherhead being either, you know, a Cajun or a a gruff, you know, kind of a, you know, manly-voiced character. Mm -hmm. And, you know, kind of menacing. And so to kind of go from that to have, you know, it being voiced by a woman, like, it just, it... It, it sounds like I'm 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 poo pooing on it, but I'm not. It's just like really, well, like was that was that a right choice? Like, could you have not found another character that was you know female, or her to have voiced? Uh, not honestly, not in like the most popular character. Like, if you're looking at a, at, a, at a bucket of the most popular turtles characters, April is the is the girl. Yeah. You know, so it stands to reason they would gender swap at least one of these mutants, right? Not just one, but two. True. Um, Leatherhead is an interesting one to do, but Roseburn is um, Bjorn. Burn doesn't matter. Um, she is Australian, so that adds a, a, a fun backstory to Leatherhead. Yeah, because now he, he's gonna sound like a female crocodile Dundee. Yeah, you know that there there's some meat there, I guess. Um, I like Rose Byrne. I don't I've never heard her voice act. This is a a huge departure for the Leatherhead character. So I guess it's just kind of wait and see. But considering the number of characters that are in this movie, I I doubt there's going to really be enough screen time for it to ruin it that much. Right. Um, You got anything else for these four Bebop, Rocksteady, Mondo Gecko and Leatherhead? No, no. All right. That pretty much covers it. Then let's move on to the next batch. Um, Natasia Dimitri, Dimitri playing Wingnut. Natasha. I, I don't know who that is. Let me see. No. Okay. She's a comedian. Oh, snap. No, now I know who she is. She's on freaking, like, uh, what, what we, we do, do in, in the, the shadows. shadows. Yeah. It's like one of my favorite shows. All right. Okay. If she plays a Romanian bat, I'm going to lose it. Dude, like, that, she that's, plays it, that's got to be what she what they're doing. If she does it just like Natasha's voice, I'll be, I'll be very happy. Because he is a bat. He, well, she, I guess. Wingnut is a bat. Yeah. So all of this is making sense as we talk through it. Yeah. You know, it's it is, again, another gender swap, which, again, could could go could be really hit or miss, you know. Uh, yeah, but we really haven't had Wingnut in like much in the way of like animation. Like that's true. The, the 80s cartoon and then the Shredder's Revenge with very minimal dialogue. That's true. That's true. Most of Wingnut has been in the comics. Yeah. So, and and the thing about gender swaps is is they're fine if they can do them right. You know. Yes. Uh, we're we're not gonna we're not gonna turn this into a into a Ghostbusters podcast, but the Ghostbusters reboot is not bad because they're ladies. It's right. bad because it's not funny. Yeah, and it's just you know you know a reboot that's not done properly. Yeah, like. It, they, they they found a way to take four of the funniest women on the planet and made an unfunny movie. Exactly. Yeah. That, so 
I have no problem with gender swaps if you figure out a way to make it fun and good. And yeah. we have yet to know whether or not that's what they did here. So right. let's um, move on to the next, next character. Post Malone as Ray Filet. Posty. I like Post Malone's music, but I'm like, can he act? Uh, he's like, he's a good dude. Like, I, I, I don't know if that sentence is going to age well. Who knows what's going to happen with him in the next, you know, five or six years or whatever. But all all evidence points to him being pretty talented across the board. Um, yeah. He, he was on a recent episode of Impractical Jokers where he was participating in the punishment at the end, and he completely played the part. He was a fantastic actor who was convincing. So does that translate to voice acting? I don't know. Not necessarily. Because, <laughs> like, look, you, you've heard me talk about this many times. It's like, you know, not every on-camera actor can voice act. You know, That's it's right. Diff- it's two totally separate, different things sets of skills there's timing there's all kinds of stuff inflection and tones all of that that is is totally different because you're in a booth or together in a room with people instead of you know being on set or whatever of course there is green screen but like you you know you have to you know make up a lot of this as you go along um and for me like ray fillet's you know always been that kind of like stoic just kind of tall chiseled chin guy and i'm like I would have thought, you know, maybe Patrick Warburton or, you know, hell, hell, even Bruce Campbell would have been a good choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this could be a situation where we just don't know that he can do it until he does it. Or it could just be for Ray Filet. He sounds like Post Malone. Which is exactly what you got in the uh, Scooby movie with um, Tracy Morgan being the voice of Captain Caveman. It's like, that's not Captain Caveman. (laughs) You sound just like freaking Tracy Morgan. I'm like, bad <laughs> casting. Uh, either way, I'm a fan of Post Malone, so who yeah. knows? We'll we'll find out. It's a, it's a fun casting. Again, he's probably not going to get enough screen time for it to matter much. Yeah. Um, Hannibal Burris as Genghis Frog. And are you familiar with Hannibal Burris? Um, no. Comedian. Oh, wait, Hannibal wait, wait, Burris. wait, 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 wait. He was Coach Wilson on uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. Yes, yes. He's first first off, he's he's a uh, stand-up comedian. Second, he's an actor. So I wouldn't say he's a fan. He just plays Hannibal Burris, but he has such a unique like delivery to all of his words. Yeah. That that might fit for Geng- Genghis Frog. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. But it's but again, another just it's a fun, that's a fun casting. Yeah. Uh, let's see. The next one is Giancarlo Esposito as the one and only Baxter Stockman. Dude. <laughs> like. Perfect casting. We get a live action movie. He better play it, too, because that's that's just it. The man is so incredibly talented and gifted at playing bad guys. He just does it so well. Did it in Mandalorian. Did it in Breaking Bad. Just, I'm I'm so excited for this iteration. Mm-hmm. And you know, uh, 
I, you know, we'll say this is like our, our, our first proper uh, big screen Baxter. We don't count, you know, the live action movie looking like big, big, like Steve Urkel combined with Carl <laughs> um, Medea. No. Medea Stockman. <laughs> Medea Stockman. Um, you know, so, but, you know, I hope it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how, how he plays uh, or how we, you know, get to see the character. Yeah. Okay, this is going to sound like I'm poo-pooing on him being cast, which I'm not. Giancarlo is a fantastic actor that deserves all of the praise he has gotten since Breaking Bad. Full stop. Okay, I take the full stop back. I'm kind of tired of him playing bad guys. Really? Well, you know, because I mean, he played a good guy in 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 like in the. Um, not the Divergent movies, the uh, the Maze Runner movies, and it's just kind of overlooked. Like he, he he wasn't amazing. It doesn't stand out like his villains do. I want him to be able to prove himself in a role as you know a good guy or a mentor or something. Yeah. Because right now it's just oh you played a good bad guy in Breaking Bad. Well let's put you in the boys as a bad guy. Let's put you in uh what else was he a bad guy in? He was um. The man, the Mandalorian. He was a bad guy. Far Cry Six, the main bad guy. Like over and over and over, he's just being asked to do the same thing. And of course, he then played the exact same character for Breaking, Breaking Bad in Better Call Saul for like six seasons. So, yeah, as good as he is, it it, it just again, I'm not I'm not poo pooing on it. It's just come on, man, do something else. You've you you've successfully been typecast. I mean, I get where you're you're coming from. It's kind of like like um, the same thing for David Warner. Um, you know, he did a lot of just bad guy roles and stuff. And he, of course, probably well, there's there's way too many to count. But um, you know, when he played Professor Perry, you know, he had a lot of fun with it. Mm-hmm. Um, in Secret of the Ooze. And so it, at one point he had said, you know, it's like, well, you don't say no you know, to, to roles or whatever. You know, if you're an actor, it depends on what it is. But like it got to a point where he kind of, you know, did kind of get tired of playing the bad guy. Yeah. So it, it either either this role was too good to turn down. He likes the character or he's not tired of playing bad guys yet. Yeah. You know, uh, who knows? But. He's going to be a great bad bad guy because we know that's what he does. Yes. Yeah. Overall, I love this cast, this whole cast. Um, and even going, you know, we're not talking about the trailer yet, which we will. Um, it's Hollywood has a really a really bad habit of casting big name actors in major roles in a way that damages the movie. Yes. And with the, with this cast list, they found a way to do that and not do that Mm. by putting all of the big names in secondary roles. Yeah. The turtles, I ain't heard of none of them. You had heard, you had heard of one of them and you'd heard him from a voice acting uh, gig. Yeah. 
it was like over like a hundred plus episodes that he did. So, yeah. So I hate using this phrase, but they're literally having their cake and eating it too here. You know, they're, they're letting either newcomers or voice actors play the turtles so they can establish these four characters as as characters rather than just, hey, that's the voice of John Cena. What if John Cena was playing Raphael? Like he would just sound like John Cena the whole time and you wouldn't be able to see the character. Right. With these new actors who are teenagers playing these teenagers, they are establishing them as characters rather than voices. And I love that. And you're then able to do the, you know, have your Hollywood playground with all of these other characters because that's what Hollywood does. Yeah. It's having not heard the movie. This is perfect, Jeff. Yeah. Uh, what you got? What, what do you have to say about all that? I mean, you know, it keeping, you know, just like you said, keeping the, the turtles relatively, honestly, relatively unknown apart from, you know, Leo's voice actor, who's, you know, familiar with, you know, voice acting. Um, um, the others, I don't believe um, so much. I haven't like, you know, dug deep um, into it. Jackie Chan, you know, definitely has done a lot of voice acting because, you know, he would overdub, uh, you know, U.S. release uh, uh, versions of his films from overseas. Mm-hmm. So he's he knows how to do that. No problem. Um, I'm I'm just you know it. Hollywood doesn't need faces to sell their movies. They just don't. If if the if the writing's good, the cast is good. You know, I'm always going to go with you know the voice actor over the big huge celebrity person. You know, because again, not everybody can voice act. But this seems like a a, a pretty solid cast. Um, and if you know they know how to do it right. You know, I'm 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 here for it. Yeah. And and both of us, like I'm giving you a, a high five right now through this call. Uh, I, I'm I'm really happy that I didn't cast um, Chris Pratt as like Donatello. Oh yeah. You know, th- there's a world where that would happen. <laughs> yeah. So I'm I, I'm I'm pretty happy with it. Um, few notes though. Not necessarily notes about the cast, but it notes about the lack of certain characters in the cast. Yeah. Who's missing, Jeff? The Shredder. And? The Foot Clan. <laughs> yes, all of them. And Casey Jones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, this is an, an origin of sorts, you know, uh, beginning. So... Mm-hmm. Or from all this casting and stuff, what I'd like to call the giant melting pot movie, because, uh, you know, <laughs> it, it better be like an hour and a half long or something, because um, that's a lot to fit in there. Yeah, they're, they're clearly not telling a story about the Foot Clan or the Shredder or they're trying to tell a story in a movie that has never been told before that hinges on many of the popular mutant characters in the turtles universe. And if you look at the cast, you'll notice that a lot of the, um, mutanimals are in that cast. Yeah. Let's see. There's 
one, two, three, four, four, four. Yeah, four here. Mm-hmm. And there's a possibility Superfly is also a mutanimal. Could be. Yeah. So Mutant Mayhem is probably the right name. Yeah. Uh, the the only the, the the hints of bad guys here are of course Bebop and Rocksteady are usually bad guys. Who knows? They could be good guys. Um, Baxter Stockman and Cynthia Utram are, I would assume, the bad guys. But we don't know. The, the, the trailer really does not tell us much of anything. And I can't tell you how happy I am that Shredder is not in this movie. Yeah, because we, we need to change it up. I guess he could be. Like, he could be. I uh, could be talking at a, at a turn. But right now, there's no sign that he's in the movie. And that that's it's it's a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Let's talk about the trailer. All right. So the trailer dropped yesterday, uh, and it dropped early in the day. It was like eight in the morning. So what are your what's your first impression of this trailer? So it looks breathtaking, like the the views of the city, you know, and just the the landscapes. It has the animation style has this like claymation feel to it kind of wrapped in this neon chalk you know street art spray paint vibe and i'm 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 really grooving on that Uh, yeah yeah that that that, honestly that's what stands out the most about the trailer is the it's 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 almost half stop motion half hand drawn and I yeah, and I love like the extra like little bits of like you see, um, you know it it looks it's very sketchbook style, mm-hmm. um, and I I really really freaking dig that, um, you know, when Spider Verse came out and they they experimented with different styles of animation, um, it got an Academy Award. I'm not saying. <laughs> this is going to win an Academy Award. Don't get ahead of yourself there, bud. <laughs> but what if it did, you know, for the animation alone, you know? That's um, true, yeah. But it is, it is, you know, it's very much like, you know, that your your sketchbook come to life. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I and, really and like that. you know, not in the... Uh, in the comment sections of things, but when, you know, when all of the, the professional outlets were, were saying, Hey, we got a new turtles trailer. Like the, the big thing in those, you know, in, in the writers, like write-ups on it was this unexpectedly looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, t- turtles movies have looked fine in the past. Like the T the TMNT movie looks amazing, but I wouldn't say it has such a distinct art style as this right Right. it's very that one's more like gritty i wouldn't even say it's gritty it just looks like an animated movie you know this this as you said looks like a sketchbook come to life yeah um in this trailer we get we get some dialogue from all four of the turtles we get to see what april looks like we get a real quick glimpse of bebop and rocksteady we see some 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 generic thugs, or at least we have to assume they're generic thugs. 
And we see some some of the style of humor that they're going for. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what I said about the, the, the casting kind of stays kind of is reflected in the trailer itself. Not only do these turtles sound like teenagers and kids. They act like it, like yeah. they're having a blast. They are experiencing the world in New York and just being children. Yeah. The, the the whole the, the the whole opening scene with the watermelon, wonderful. Yeah, I I did really enjoy that. Yeah, um, we're finally getting to see the the, the act. You know, we've seen all these these teaser pictures and and figures and blah 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 blah. This is the first time we're actually seeing all this stuff in action. Do you think all of the 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 the, the leaked stuff has done this? any justice um i think it looks better than the stuff that we had seen i i have to wholeheartedly agree and i i could i would completely understand why that they would wouldn't want those pictures on on the internet yeah because if that's just what you see you're you just don't get it you're not going to get it because the whole the whole picture's not there right um what else stood out um, well, Master Splinter has a mullet, and that's kind of like jarring to me. At least in that one shot, he has a mullet, and it looks like an afro, like an afro mullet. Yeah, a- afflet. <laughs> a mulfro. Mulfro. Um. Oh, what else was it? When they uh, when the turtles are like they bust into this like auto mechanic. Or whatever you know, warehouse or wherever they are. There's like three thugs there, mm-hmm. and I, this might be the first the first nugget. Uh, the the big thug there that's got the like bandage over his nose. He's got a, like a, a bag of snacks, and it looks like there's a turtle on the front of it. I don't know if I saw that. Um, it's at like zero fifty nine seconds in. And I know I'm not seeing something. I'm like, what? It could just be the way that it's drawn, but I'm like, that looks like Leonardo. No, it, I don't see it. I don't see that. I'm looking at it full screen. I don't see that. It totally does. I don't see it. <laughs> wow. At all. Well, if any of our listeners do see it, do point it out. <laughs> Like, I just, looks, I, all, all I see is like art sketches to make it look like the bag is crump, crumpled. Maybe I'm just seeing something that's not there, but it looks like freaking Leonardo. I don't know. Um, turtle snacks. <laughs> we see baby turtles. We see. Uh, th- okay, that Bebop and Rocksteady is alarming. Yeah. Very strange. Jokes. Yeah. At least for Rocksteady, I just I'm not I'm not too happy about that. This this is the only part of the trailer I was like, eh. did you like bounce this off of anybody to say, hey, this look OK? Yeah, it, it's man. definitely deformed. Look. Yeah, uh, it might be better in motion. Let's just you know, let, we'll we'll wait and see. This, oh. Well, these are the same concerns I had when when they, you know, when the figure release, uh, leaks came out. Yeah. 
they they look like something from uh, again like a like a Ren and Stimpy early '90s like let's draw these things as deformed as possible because yeah. we can get away with it. It's it's weird. It's just weird. Right. Which which now has me worried about what all these other mutants are going to look like. Yeah. Um, I did like the uh, the when the thugs saw the turtles for the first time. They look look they, they kind of look like little Shreks to me. I was like, <laughs> oh, is that a dig? I was wondering if you were going to mention that. It's like, does that count as a nugget? <laughs> I would say so. I would say, but there there it's it's a yeah. I was like, Jeff is probably going to say that they're making fun of the the the, the Bay movies, huh? Yeah, probably so. So all right, okay. Uh, one of the key complaints that I'm hearing about the trailer is Donatello's voice. Yeah, it doesn't see. It doesn't quite. It's a little too like high pitched. Oh, he sounds like a kid. Well, yeah. I mean, it yeah. just doesn't really seem to fit as well. And you know, the glasses. Yeah, you know, come on. Yeah. I, I. You know, can we just stop like super nerding up? I mean, he's already a nerd. Yes, we know. But like you don't have to like super emphasize that. Yeah. Yeah. You know? His 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 voice has been quite quite a talking point on the internet, and the 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 one thing that I that, that I'm hearing is Donatello's voice should be Mikey's voice. Yeah, I mean I can definitely hear that. And um, it, it's such a small sample size that it's hard to agree with that. Yeah. But I understand the sentiment. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, in the in the beginning, we get like that that little uh, little piano jingle, which which is the '80s theme. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the end, when we get introduced to April, they're on a roof, and there's like a huge lit sign saying "The Layered." Nice. And I was like, oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> It's like, ah, oh, that's a big flashing nugget. <laughs> Huge flashing nugget. Um, I'm, you know, and you know, I so far, I'm, I'm, I'm just not digging on April's design too much. I mean, this is just a little flash. I mean, I'm sure, you know, that will change. Um, once we, you know, after we, you know, actually watch the film and and whatnot. Um, but th- this the. Overall, the the trailer as a whole definitely feels like they're taking just a huge chunk inspiration from the 80s cartoon. Yes, yes. And I'm going to take a moment to to talk about April. This isn't me saying that I have any – me personally, I don't have any issue with the the character design or the direction that they're going. Mm -hmm. However (laughs) – the Turtles franchise is somehow, somehow of all pop culture franchises, the Turtles one is just increasingly divisive. As the oh, years pass, oh yes, there have been so many different versions. It, it, it's it's almost. Do you know what Mario Kart theory is? Uh, no. I just made it up, but it's. <laughs> It's. It, I didn't just make up the theory. I just made up that 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 phrase. It's. It's the idea that everyone's favorite Mario Kart is the first Mario Kart they played. That makes sense. And it doesn't matter how good any of them are. 
whatever you play first is going to be your favorite and you're never going to budge from that. Oh yeah. I've, I've seen that in the comments. It's usually like eighties TV, uh, series or die. Or there, there's, there's people who are, you know, nineties movie series or die. There are people who are to 2012 or die. It really depends on the first one they watch. The, the, the version of the turtles they fell in love with is the one that they want to be represented. And it is, I'm not going to say it's unique to the turtles, but it is amplified in, 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 in turtle world. Right. Mm-hmm. And, There is a portion of pop culture fans who latch on to changes like the changes that that they're making to the April character. They latch on to those changes as Hollywood making a statement or Hollywood trying to do this or, you know, we're trying to, 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 you know, to be, quote unquote, woke or you know, why do you have to ruin this just to, to, to appease a certain, you know, type of people? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not saying they shouldn't make the change, but doing it in this franchise to this character is creating a lightning rod when they don't – when when creating a lightning rod could really hurt the movie. Yeah. Does, does that make sense? Am I, is, yeah. is what I'm saying – Yeah coming across the right way because again i am fine with where they're going but if you want to speak on like a marketing standpoint like this this is going to be a bloodbath in certain comment sections period oh yeah and it's the same for like the transformers franchise i mean there's there's so much of it and there's like you know there's some of it that's really really good and there's some that's just really really bad i don't i'm not going into that because this is not a transformers podcast but those those sentiments are, are echoed in in mm-hmm. both of these fandoms. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And as long as April doesn't suck, I'm fine with it. Yeah. As you know, I have issue with a lot of versions of April and it has nothing to do with her being a thin white girl. Like it always has something to do with why are you a ninja now? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So if they can find something interesting to do with this character, that's amazing. Did you did you notice she's wearing a a yellow jacket? I did. (laughs) So it's a yeah. yeah, And that's we don't have to give opinions on that right now. The movie's not out. Um, But just know that it is a situation I'm going to be monitoring until the movie comes out, because, again, this like. It would not surprise me if there was a whole segment on a Fox News cast at the, you know, on Tucker Carlson where he's talking about the wokeification of April O'Neil. Oh, God. You know, and regardless of how you feel about it, that's not good for anything. <laughs> no. Him, him having that piece in his show, whether you're a fan of him or not, that's not good for this movie. Yeah. And we're not getting political. It's just like no, don't that's not just, what this is. Don't just like you know, oh, it's a it's a slow news night. Let's let's pick on you know a kids movie. Yeah, like let's pick on a children you know or the the most beloved children's candy. Yeah, know. it's 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 opting in for the lightning rod, and on principle, I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, but moving on. Um, 
Jeff, any final words on the trailer before we move on to some action figure news? I'm not a fan of like Mikey having braces. Like I don't like that at all. <laughs> um, yeah. Him looking, his head does look like a watermelon. I was like, I'm not, I'm not too happy with his design, but I will say like, and you, and you most certainly probably noticed that all of their weapons have that, that orangish brown color, like the, uh, the original eighties figures did. Yep. Yep. Which is, is really cool to see. Um, so regardless, you know, we'll probably get like one or two more trailers, you know, before the movie drops. That's a given. Cause that's usually how it works. Yep. We'll probably get a story trailer. Um, that's like maybe two minutes long or something. Yeah. And, and like, after I watched this trailer, it was literally all I could think about all day. Yeah. I watched it no less than 10 times. Oh, wow. It was all I could think about all day. I could not wait to go get the figures. I could not wait for it to come. Like, I don't want to say it reignited the turtle flame because that's, you know, that's that's being weird. But I did I did start doing inventory. I'm like, OK, this character, he was in this and and they did this. And what are they going to do with this character? Like, is, is uh, are they are they pulling for like it? My mind was just racing. So, so, so in other words, you're saying that you've already got your spreadsheet set up. Uh, all I'm saying is that trailer worked. <laughs> yeah. It mission accomplished paramount. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's talk about the figures that were immediately confirmed pretty much right after this movie came out. Um, okay. we, we saw the, um, we saw the leaked boxes from, you know, from, from, uh, playmates with the figures in the packaging. And I think it was yesterday. Yeah. Yesterday. Yeah. I had to win yesterday. They actually released some official promo images to go with the turtles. And I think we might've been a bit mean to them. I think we might have as well. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to listen back to what we said because I don't want to feel bad, but having seen the trailer, I feel like those, 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 figure designs are better than what most of the stuff playmates puts out are. So I, I apologize and I'm actually kind of excited. And what about that vehicle? Oh man, freaking, you know, equal parts. I don't want to say monster truck, but like definitely, you know, the classic turtle van. And I'm like, how do you get a whole pizza oven shooter in the side of that bad boy? <laughs> huge it is huge so again pulling from the 80s cartoon you know when they had the uh, uh, pop out cannon mm-hmm. on, the, uh, on the side of the van it also kind of looks like a VW microbus kind of maybe kind. or also maybe uh, you know equal parts um, uh, a team van maybe. maybe there's too many windows for that well, yeah, but you know what I mean. I got, yeah, I got you. Um, yeah, yeah. Like again, I'm I I want to go to Walmart and buy these. So again, mission accomplished. Yeah, you got me. Yep. Um, what other news do we have? <laughs> we have more news. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's other stuff. 
Uh, well, Super 7 um, has teased that uh, the Rat King figure is coming. Um, they put on their uh, socials uh, just an image of a rat eating a piece of pizza. Uh, so, you know, just, just that's the little, little tease for now. Uh, it kind of surprises me that they've never done that. Yeah. That they, that they haven't already done a, um, a Rat King figure. Wonder what it's going to look like, Jeff. Probably just like the 80s toy line. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But beefier. Uh, just more veins. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... Is, is there anything else to say about the the, the Rat King? No. No, well, it's it's coming, y'all. Uh, other in other figure news, best action or the loyal subjects, they they're getting real frisky with their 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 figure announcements these days. Mm-hmm. They recently revealed that they're doing at least two of the Ninja Turtles in the style of Mateus Santaloco's IDW. Ninja Turtles. They're going to be at Walmart's and or I'm sorry, let's see. Oh, no. This post says that new upcoming IDW publishing TMNT figures with motorcycles from the loyal suspects. Loyal subjects. Suspects? (laughs) Yeah, subjects. Uh, Best action IDW Leo and Donnie will be Walmart exclusives while Mikey and Raph will hit Target stores later this fall. The only images revealed were Leo and Raph, and I have I have thoughts. What are yours first? I think they look great. Of course, I haven't seen uh, Mikey or Don yet. Uh... I mean, look, they're 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 images. You know, once you see it in person, you know, it can be different. I I I think they look fantastic. They they do look better than most of the loyal suspect stuff, so I'll give them that. One, they don't need motorcycles. I keep saying suspects. Why? Why are you saying that? What is the loyal subjects? Best action. Let's say let's stick with best action. Um, they don't need motorcycles. Look, you look, Raph. Yes, because that's his thing, you know. But not ever. Not all the turtles need motorcycles. They don't need motors. They, they, they seriously don't need this. This will make them 50 something dollar figures. Yeah. Each. Now, they if they come without without bikes. I'm fine. Yeah. Or like a two pack. Yeah. Without bikes. That'd be fine. Yeah. I mean, I'll probably get Mikey. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm not I'm not thrilled about the sculpts. Again, they, they look better than most best action stuff, but. I feel like the soul of uh, Santa Logo's art is lost in these. Because these just seem aggro and angry and, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. And I don't get that from Matea Santa Logo's art. I don't get, you know, super angry aggro turtle. I get, you know, stylish action. And stylish action turtle. But... It, what's what's funny is me and you have been you know joking about oh when when uh NECA finally gets that IDW license it's gonna be great it's like well look guess who beat them to it yep yeah yeah uh, I'll probably get them though they're, they're they're unique enough that 
they'll probably end up on a shelf somewhere. Uh, it says later this fall, so I guess give it a while. Save your money. Um, what other news do we have? Uh, well, we've got more figure news. Um, Mezco uh, revealed uh, during Toy Fair uh, that they are doing the Mirage Turtle figures. Yes, they did. And boy, do these look so much better than those other ones they released. Yes. Um, again, this this looks more stylish action than it does weird, angry Ninja Turtle or like reptile boys. Yeah. Uh, I, do we have more? Do we have more than just this one image, or is it just this one that has been released? Uh, that's the only one that I've been able to to find so far. Because it's it, you know, Mezco, they're the one, they're the company that releases like multiple heads with different colors, correct? Um, I think so. It depends. Be interesting to see these with the different color heads. Oh yeah, yeah, that's about all I can find. <laughs> it was I was in offbeat last week, and uh, Philip happened to pull out like an ordering book or whatever he has, and he's like, "Oh, I, I meant to show you these. Do you want them?" And he pull, and it was the Mezco ones that you know look like dinosaur dinosaur boys and uh i was like oh no don't order those he's like good i didn't i didn't want to order 200 dollars worth of figures if you know if you didn't want them so that was nice uh dinosaur boys are you talking about wait you talking about the other mezco ones i'm talking about the other mezco ones yeah. oh, okay yeah say so, uh, dinosaur turtles hey what was that look like he's like no 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 don't encourage anyone jeff we don't want that i, I mean hey i'd i'd like to see <laughs> <laughs> I like dinosaurs. Like, don't shut it down. It might be cool, bro. Might be. Uh, let's see. Mezco best action. What what do we have? Um, you want to leave the weird news? Uh, before we get to the weird news, let's get to the just decidedly unweird news. So last last time we talked about the cartoonist kayfabe uh, interviews with Eastman and Laird, right? Yeah. Well, another one came out, which, which honestly is amazing. At this point, it is absolutely shocking that those things are still coming out. I can see pulling uh, Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird for like an interview or maybe two, you know, get them sat down for an hour and a half and just chop it up into two interviews. At this point, they've had Peter Laird on a Zoom call for nearly four hours yeah shocking and in this uh in this episode they talk about the fourth issue of the mirage run and i watched it uh it it doesn't get as off topic as the previous ones did um i wouldn't say there's any crazy revelations in it that you know are just absolutely must watch it's still incredibly entertaining and they do talk a lot about, you know, making the book and who did this on the book and, you know, who's responsible for what part of what. So if, if, you, if you're, you know, a, a Turtles historian, it is a must, must watch. But if you didn't enjoy those first few, you're not going to enjoy this one because I, I watched it. And I, at this point, you know what? There's what, 60 one books, 62 books or something in that first run. Just give us 62 episodes. That's fine. Hey, <laughs> you know, 
it's like the equivalent of like behind the scenes or like you know um, uh, director's commentary on movies. Like I love to find out what goes into making the stuff that I love. Um, granted, I haven't watched a single one of these yet, <laughs> but I'm going to. <laughs> but I'm, I'm 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 going to. It's on the list. That's um, funny. Well, you, you know, look, I've got a lot going on. Like like at this point, it's if they keep releasing these things, it'll be an entire work day's worth of of uh of footage. But it look, we need to get as many interviews with these dudes as we can. Yeah. Sadly to say, while they're alive. Yeah. You know, because 20 years from now, are we going to be able to say, hey, let's get these two dudes together and have them talk about Ninja Turtles? Yeah. Who knows? So, yeah, do it now. And finally, let's. what's this weird news you want to talk about, Jeff? So, you know, we're always looking for interesting, you know, news topics and stuff. And this is this is just definitely one of the weirdest ones we've come across. Um, Northampton uh, is going to spend $20,000 of AAPA money mm-hmm. on Ninja Turtles-themed manhole covers. Now, that's that's um, really freaking weird. Now, this is like... <laughs> this is like COVID-19 pandemic stimulus package money. Yeah. Uh, what? <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure you can get in trouble for that. Like, like, does your city not already have manhole covers? I don't even think they're, like, recasting the iron. I think they're just painting them. I mean, you know, come on. That's, look, we love Ninja Turtles. You guys love Ninja Turtles. <laughs> This is the one of the dumbest and and pointless uses of money, um, apart from you know Cobra Kai Ninja Turtles figures. Um, whoa, and, whoa, whoa! Continue. <laughs> uh, I I think we've ever heard of. I, like, it's very easy to see this this <laughs> this headline and be like, they're doing what? You know. COVID relief cash is not supposed to go to manhole covers, but no. it's twenty. if it's 2023 and they still have COVID relief cash sitting in the office. I mean, let's let's be real here. <laughs> this isn't the first time the city has flushed their money down the toilet. OK. Am I missing something? It's the manhole covers. It's his joke. Uh, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Uh, shut up <laughs> for all of those for for all of you who laughed at that joke I thank you <laughs> yeah yeah I, I don't know I don't know let's see the, the covers will be located along Main Street and each one will represent a different turtle um okay here we go according to the city's breakdown of where all the AR PA money is going. The idea behind the custom manhole covers is to invigorate downtown arts via a public art tribute to the Northampton-born Ninja Turtles. That's how they get you. They're trying to make it an art thing. Um, 
And uh, honestly, depending on where they are and what they are, there is value to 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 this. I'm, I'm not excusing – like the COVID part of this is the weird part. You know, a, the city of Northampton spending $20,000 on manhole covers isn't weird. It being <laughs> ARPA cash, that's the weird part. Yeah. Um, ultimately, if enough rubes like us visit Northampton and we're like, I got to see those manhole covers and we and it causes us to spend money in Northampton, then it could be seen as an investment. Look, I've heard nothing but good things about the Hamptons. I want to go. Well, yeah, I, I'm not, I don't want to go to Northampton because of the manhole covers. I want to go yeah. because of the, the, you know, the palpable hi- turtles history. But you know what? I'm not I'm not a government worker, Jeff. Nor am I. So I, I don't know. It, 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 it's just the, <laughs> all the different outlets that report on this. It just smelled really bad when they said COVID relief. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I, and that was unintentional. That was, I didn't even mean that to be a sewer joke. Look. <laughs> you know, life with just, just just go with it. <laughs> uh, is, does that do, do it for uh, news? Uh, I think so. Okay, that is, I think on record, that is the most extensive news segment we've ever had. I think so, too. Yeah, yeah. Luckily, we have a main topic, but it's not a, like, a full, full-grown main topic. Like, it's, 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 it's a character spotlight. It is. So, we could, we could afford to have a big, fat news segment, right? Right. Okay, well... When we get back, that's what we'll talk about. All right. All right, Jeff. Uh, before we move on to our main topic, uh, I, I, I do want to address a correction. Okay. Uh, last episode, we talked about uh, the Hot Wheels Unleashed DLC that was avail- that's you know available. And how I'd been playing it and how good it was, blah, 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 blah. But at some point I mentioned, oh, the turtle van's not in the game. What a miss, right? Well, the, it's, the turtle van is totally in the game. I know. I already told you that. You didn't tell me that last episode. Not last episode, but like when we talked about it, like, hey, the turtle's van, the turtle van is going to be in the Hot Wheels game. And you're like, what? Well, yeah, but then, you know, when I looked at the DLC, it wasn't there. So I figured, hmm, maybe we didn't I, – I guess I just didn't f- figure they w- it, that it would be free, right? Well, yeah, definitely not. Like, it's one of those things that you have to unlock by playing and collecting the coins and, you know, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the good news is is you can either get it in a blind box in the game, which is free, or you can get it, like – by collecting coins and purchasing it from a, a a list of cars that pops up like that, that refreshes like every couple hours. Yeah. So I do have the turtle van and I, that has completed my turtles collection in the game. Nice. So I, I didn't want to sound like a fool. Right. It's just like me and the, like what it was episode zero and saying that Krang, when, when you fought Krang in the video games, he separated. I was like, no, that was turtles three. <laughs> it's amazing that you remember that. 
well, from hey, episode zero. This, these, well, you know, these are, these are the facts. Yeah. Uh, and since the, you know, since we recorded this main episode, something has popped up. It that, has. That, that we kind of called, uh, it called out as probably going to happen in the main episode. And that is the cartoonist kayfabe has yet another interview with Eastman and Laird. Yeah. Like now they're talking about issue four, but no five. They're talking about issue five. Rolling right along. I'm telling you, man, like, I, I I don't know what kind of uh like dirt <laughs> these kayfabe guys have on Eastman and Laird, but they're cashing it in. They are. Cause I I, I just don't understand like why why either of these are spending so much time doing this. It like it's 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 invaluable to the you know to the to the fans. Well, I think like you know, okay, put put yourself in their shoes. You know, Laird's you know, older, you know, than, than Eastman. And, you know, you're getting up there and, you know, you start to kind of like reflect on things and like you start feeling maybe, you know, he's been away from the scene for a long time and maybe he was, you know, feeling kind of nostalgic about stuff and wanted to just really kind of get back into it. And I've, I've seen that he's like interacting more like they're, you know, East, uh, Eastman had posted, um, He's auctioning off, might be auctioning off a box of the Ninja Turtle cereal. And then I, I had seen, I was like, I was like looking in the comments. I'm like, oh, it later responded. And I was like, oh, this is nice. So it's just, it, it warms my heart that there's more, you know, interactions instead of, you know, Laird being, you know, the, the recluse or the hermit <laughs> that, that he has been. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it just blows my mind that it's happening. And, it, maybe maybe each week we're just going to get a new episode, huh? Maybe maybe that's what it is. That'd be great. Uh, but but yeah, episode five, check it out now. I've watched about twenty minutes of it, and it's 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 very much a lot of the same style stuff. So check it out. Uh, and with that, we finally can hit our main topic. Well, Jeff, uh, after that 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 beefy news section uh we, we do have a main topic uh and as always it is a character spotlight because this is episode 110 who is our character quote unquote this time this time we are talking about everybody's favorite menacing dinosaurs the triceratons the triceratons so uh I guess would they be dinos? Would they technically be dinos dinosaurs if they're from another planet? Dino people? They're 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 are they dinosaurs first or are they aliens first? That's a very good question. <laughs> I like to think of them. Well, you know, they're, well, they're, dude, I don't know. Look, <laughs> that's above our pay grade. Uh, look at think about it as the them turning into human-esque, you know, anthropomorphic form uh, as, like, the next step of their evolution. They just never made it there? Yeah. Because they went extinct first? Right. Okay. All right. See, that's a sad way to look at it, but sure. I mean, you could also go back to, like, the Super Mario Brothers movie where the dinosaurs evolved into humans. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Oh, no. no. Yeah. I didn't think that's where where, where this cast would go, but yeah. I kind of like it. Yeah. Yeah. 
so yeah, uh, my understanding when it comes to the origins of the Triceratons is is very much a Peter Laird thing. He's he's credited with creating the Triceratons, and it's because dude really likes Triceratops topsies topses. Yes, and so I actually have a little story to share before we get into all of that, but this actually fits right in with what you just said. Good, go so for it. When I was at um, Heroes Con, I think it was like in 2007, 2008. I forget, mm-hmm. it's been a long time. Yeah. Um, went to, to North or South Carolina. It's one of the Carolinas. Again, it's been a while. And so he was going to be there, and uh, the rest of the Mirage team were going to be there. And that was the first time we made like a really big across the country trek because that was a long freaking drive. Um, but it was a fantastic convention. Um, pizza places all around. And that's all we ate that whole weekend. So when I got to meet Peter, um, like I just kind of like hung around the table like multiple days. Like I spent, you don't want to know how much money I spent there. Um, and I think it might have been on the last day. Um, he was like, hey, you're you're a really big fan. Um, it's like, how would you like uh, a free print? I'm like, sure. And it was. Um, I can't remember what it was called, but it was like had all these different animals on it, like like a had a, a triceratops and like a, like a panda bear with like a army helmet on or something it, again it's been a while but then he also gave me a little mini triceratops toy like a little plastic thing that you would find in like you know a gas station or you know uh, little you know history museum souvenir things and i still have it it's a, it's up on top of my shelf that's really cool yeah i was like oh cool I was like, yeah, I like dinosaurs. <laughs> so in addition to copious amounts of autographed things and drawings from Peter Laird, he gave me a dinosaur. So that made me very happy. That is cool. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, I think. Let's see. Was it him? Was it, I think it was him and Jim Lawson. Yeah, Jim Lawson that created Paleo, Tales of the Late Cretaceous. That's it. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. I I think I think Peter Laird was involved in that. I I could be wrong, but yeah, I know both of them are very into dinosaurs, which is cool. You know? Yeah. Dinosaurs are timeless. Oh no way. Um. Yeah. That well, that might be it. I I don't know. Again, I you know that that stuff is packed away and yeah, I don't know, I don't know. But that's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about the Triceratons, and it's very much a Peter Laird thing. And to see them be created in the original Mirage comic, and and have the, their own like vivid backstory, and then for it for them to also be featured in so many other subsequent versions of the Turtles. Mm-hmm is really, really cool, it's especially since as a kid, 
you know, it's let's say it's 1992, right? Mm-hmm. There was one Triceraton action figure, I believe. There was like one episode of the Ninja Turtles with Triceratons in it. But fast forward to 2023, Triceratons are kind of like a main pillar of Turtles bad guys. Yeah. Like they've, they've come a long way since then, I guess is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And a, a lot of that is because of, you know, subsequent media, like they were a big deal in 2K3. They were a big deal in 2012. And uh, th- there have been numerous action figures since then. It, it's, it's, it's just something that's kind of backdoored its way into being major Ninja Turtle stuff. Yeah. Just seemingly out of nowhere. Um, what are your overall opinions on the, the, the stories and the characters of the Triceratons? They're definitely one of my top favorite, um, you know, villains from, uh, from the franchise. Um, my first introduction was in 2K3, uh, you know, because I had, at, you know, at certain points uh, in time, I had not read, you know, the uh, the comic issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and with 2K3 being more, you know, like closer to, you know, adapting the Mirage comics, I was like, well, I'm curious. I want to know, you know, more. And, you know, then I started diving into uh reading and finding out and so I'm like wow this is really close and it's like the the turtles in space um uh episodes are among some of my favorites um from that uh from that series um and then we just recently got introduced to them um through watching uh the 2012 series mm-hmm. and um it's really it's and we, we're we're just getting started with that so it's hard to tell if it's going to be, you know, as intense or as as good as the 2003 one, um, which I'm sure that it will be because the show is fantastic. But it's like they definitely look more terrifying in the the 2012 series than they do in 2K3. Oh, absolutely. But but we'll, we'll get to that. We're going to break down each each iteration of them. Um because surprisingly, there's been a bunch. Um, yeah. I think on paper, humanoid Triceratops characters are kind of a no-brainer. Yeah. You know, like let's put a dinosaur head on a, you know, a human-sized lizard. Let's that kind of writes itself. I wouldn't even but, say human size. It was like freaking Hulk. Well, <laughs> well, well, you know, I, all I the steroids have been taken, Sergio. You're you're not wrong. Uh, it's 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 more that they're just bipedal, you know, they, they they walk around on two feet and, you know, they're they're shaped like humans, whatever. But like that writes itself. What doesn't write itself is the origin story, the backstory, the the, the various different ways they have come to interact with Ninja Turtles and seeing these these dinosaur characters in action and them always being so viscerally aggressive to, to who they're trying to fight. The the turtles, they they have to fight brutes a lot. 
you know, there's Bebop and Rocksteady, there's the Rock Soldiers, there, there's a whole bunch of different people they, 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 they come in contact with. But the Triceratons are a unique brand of in, Invincible. Yeah. And the Turtles typically don't beat them with strategy or with, you know, fighting or even brute force. They have to find a like a story way to get rid of them. Almost every yeah. time. Yeah, because, you know, you know, height wise, muscle wise, they're outmatched. We've seen them try and take them on head on. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work out so well. And sometimes it does. But, you know, there's going to be a lot of force behind, you know, behind a turtle, you know, flying through the air and kicking that dude off of, you know, hover. I was going to say hover around. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, whatever hover vehicle or whatever they're they're using to get around, um, you know, because that throws you off balance. But on on solid ground, you ain't you ain't moving that brick wall. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. That you know, totally goes against the whole martial arts thing where, you know, size matters not. Um, but, you know, it again, it really depends. Yeah. At some point, size matters. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the, the, the like the science fiction nature of them being a- aliens is always one of my favorite parts of Ninja Turtles. You know, the, their adventures in space, the and and all of the different characters they inter- interact with, uh, and and how the Triceratons are inextricably connected to the Fugitoid. One of my favorite characters. Uh, like like I don't have any specific love for any specific Triceratons, and there's a lot of them. But as a race, as a species, as a story, I love it so much. Yeah. You know, issues four, five, six, seven are some of my favorite issues and stories that are told in all of Turtles fiction. So I love the Triceratons. As do I. And of course, for me, it stems from, you know, growing up with my love of dinosaurs. Mm -hmm. You know, um, like what kid didn't love dinosaurs growing up what adult doesn't love dinosaurs if you don't don't trust them that's words to live by man exactly (laughs) it it also goes for the same thing if like if you know don't trust anyone who can't derive enjoyment from watching cartoons that's true you know that yeah yeah man well there are again several different versions of the triceratons and we're going to break down all of them Let's talk about the first. See, you you missed an opportunity to say, it's like, now it's time for a Triceraton breakdance. <laughs> no, what? <laughs> now it's time for a Triceraton breakdance. See, it doesn't. It just lost its effect. <laughs> I, I'm, see, I'm going to edit it in to where it sounds like that's what I initially said. Oh, okay. Yeah, see, the, the power of post-production. Oh, see. Yeah, I know. That's it. Would this be Electric Boogaloo we're talking about? Uh, no, insert Post Malone joke. Oh, well, there you go. Right here. Uh, so the Triceratons made their debut in the Mirage comics. Early in the Mirage comics. Uh, I believe it was issue four? Four? Um, I'm going to keep saying it like that until I find the answer. 
technically no. Gobbly um, goat number one. Yeah, gobbly. They they were a pinup, which does which absolutely makes sense. I can see Peter Laird drawing a yeah. There it is right there in in on the Turtlepedia. A pinup of a space triceraton, completely out of context, no story to support it. There he is. That 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 is one hundred percent of Peter Laird doodle, and. They enter the story when the turtles are accidentally beamed into outer space when they're breaking into T- this TCRI building in issue four. I don't think they're actually in. No, they're not in issue four, but I, but they are in issue five. And the the, the story that they're in, introduced in is you know their their eternal you know fight against the Federation. Uh, and, you know, two warring factions who have been warring in outer space for ages, right? And, of course, the Triceratons are trying to kidnap the Fugitoid, who has the, the, the transmat blueprints in his in his robot mind, and they want to extract those so they can build the ultimate we- weapon to defeat the Federation. My only problem with that entire story, and I might have said this way back when we talked about it back in the, you know, in our first few episodes, the Federation as, as creative of a race as the Triceratons are, the Federation are just dudes. Yeah. And that's a bummer. Yeah. You know, like you have the Triceratons on one side of the fight, this, this magnificent species of, of just complete brute force. And then you have a dude with a, with a, with with what a jerry curl it, like he's like his real short hair yeah and he's just a dude he's just a dude but that's not what we're talking about here no. um this version of the triceratons is kind of the the blueprint for almost every version we see afterwards uh they're they're very um militaristic they're very much for the herd you know everything they do is to is to promote the the greatness of the triceraton empire uh like almost like an old school like communist faction um what are what what are your opinions on on those early triceratons it's been a while since i've i've read them but um I really, really like those stories. Like they're they're definitely some of my favorites, um, for sure. I love the the drawings, the designs, and it's like you know it's 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 such a just a wonderful story having you know turtles in space. Yeah, it's yeah. always a good idea. <laughs> the uh, the what I find interesting in this story is that. The turtles are technically fighting against the Triceratons, right? Like the the Triceraton is written as the bad guy. However, the like the the feud is with the Federation. The 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 the, the, the inciting incident that gets the, the 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 Triceratons to fight the turtles is not something the turtles did or something that. You know, there, there's no blood feud between Earth and the Triceratons. It comes directly from the need to get the Fugitoid. The Fugitoid yeah. is the MacGuffin. 
which paints the Triceratons in less of an evil light. Like, they're not evil. They're just warring with the Federation. And in war, all weapons are seen as, you know, we have to obtain that so we can defeat our enemy. So, like, if we're looking at this on paper, they're not really evil or on they're not even bad guys. Yeah. Uh, which is it's, it, that's a fun way to write an antagonist. Uh, it, it definitely leads to, you know, a gray area that it, that you can explore later, which they absolutely do in other versions of the characters. Um, I, I don't think they really come back much in Mirage continuity. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they like they come back in uh, volume two in kind of a significant way. Uh, but volume two is barely it has really barely any impact on the overall story. And ultimately in volume four, they're what is it? Let me see if I remember correctly. They're not really in volume four that much simply because there's not the only aliens in volume four are kind of the ones living on earth, but we haven't gotten there yet. It's, it's weird, but they're not really an antagonist in volume four at all. Mm-hmm. If I remember correctly, I could be wrong. It's been a very long time and we'll get there. Um, but the, the big Triceraton story is the initial turtles go to space. Like that, that's that, like, that's canon. That's what everything pulls from. And, and let's move forward to the next version of the Triceratons, shall we? Okay. And the next big one is the 87 cartoon. Now, I watched this episode this afternoon. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, They were in the Night of the Dark Turtle. And when you say Night of the Dark Turtle, I'm specifically referencing uh, the episode where Donatello becomes a – basically becomes Batman. Right. Yeah. You have the figure. I have the figure. It's that loot crate, that elusive loot crate figure. Right. Yes. Well, somehow in that episode, which seems way longer than 22 minutes, they squeeze in Shredder. They squeeze in Donatello becoming the Dark Turtle and the Triceratons trying to take over the Earth like it is. It is packed. Right. And. In this version of the Triceratons, they are not after the Fugitoid. They have no connection to the Federation. They are simply trying to take over the Earth. And they're and and they're less trying to take it over and more just trying to bleed it of all of its resources. They arrive on Earth. They open up a portal in outer space, which is slowly pulling Earth into the portal for them to use their home world to bleed all of Earth's resources and leave Earth basically a rotting husk in outer space. Your typical, you know, invasion plot. Yes, uh, they are the bad guys, uh, but they are still from outer space. They still uh, have to fight the Ninja Turtles. So, so like, there, there's still some connective tissue there, right? Yeah. Um, this is where we get the characters of Captain Zorax and uh, what's the other one? Zorax and Zax. Oh, I can't. That can't be right. Can it? Let's see. Um, Zork and Zarex. There you go. Yeah, Zork and Zarex. 
which we, of course, have NECA figures from now. Um, and, and Zorg and Zarek are like the, you know, they're the the leaders. And then, of course, there's infantry, infantry, in, infantrymen that all look the same, which is really weird that all of the intra, in, infantrymen look the same. Yeah. But I, I get that that's what you got to do when you're making, you know, an animated show, whatever. Right. What I what I appreciate is how they made them look physically different. Yes, that was very cool. Yeah. Um, what do you remember of this episode? <sighs> if, if at all, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to say nothing because it's been a very long time since I've watched this and I probably should have watched it before the podcast, but no, it's fine. It's fine. We, there's, there's a lot we're going to cover. This is a really a footnote in all of it, but if I'm being honest, I had never seen it prior to this afternoon. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, because it is season episode. Let's see. It is Night of the Dark Turtle episode 401. Not 401, 701. Yeah. So the first episode of, you know, episode of season seven, which I guess tells me I've never seen season seven. Well, that's that's interesting. Uh, yeah. You've literally had all the DVDs. Uh, well, yeah, but I, you know, I watch a lot of things, Jeff. You do. Yeah. You do. But in, in this regard, you're saving it for the cast. Right. I'll just save it for the cast. Uh, yeah. So I, apparently I just haven't watched those. Like, I remember when the DVDs were coming out, I was watching them as they came out. And at some point, I guess I just stopped watching them. I just started collecting them and stopped watching them. And. I guess I just need to get go. We, we, yes, we'll just save it for the cast. That, that that's that's what it comes down to. Yeah. This episode though was like a bit more grounded than a lot of the old the the older episodes were. It had a bit of a darker tone. It made a bit more sense than a lot of the old '87 cartoon shows did. Mm-hmm. Um. The one thing I will say is the Triceratons kind of show up out of nowhere. Right. It's not like Shredder sent off some sort of beacon and, you know, brought them to Earth or like, in fact, the the Shredder plot of this episode has nothing to do with the Triceratons. Mm. They, they just squeeze a whole bunch of stuff into one episode, which is kind of impressive. Yeah, well, that's David Wise for you. Yeah, you know, um, he was great at doing that stuff. Um, I, you know, it is a little sad that this is just like a one-off episode, and it like wasn't like a four-part. I mean, this could have been like a a, a, a you know a prime time movie special, you know, or something. It could have. It could have. Um, um, I mean, it it definitely would have like up to the ante, and or up the stakes. You know, um, as it, and, uh, see, that makes me want, you know, 80s turtles and, and triceratons now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like we're going to get it like we're going to get something that is either con- uh, some sort of TV show that's a continuation or something. There's enough there's enough people whining on the Internet for I need well, the 87 cartoons, the greatest like we're going to get it. Yeah, I mean, it's, we did get the Triceratons, uh, you know, pretty heavily in the uh, the Shredder's Revenge game, which was nice. Yeah, 
and fighting those guys was so annoying, but I loved it. Yeah, like which which goes back to my my point that like much like Casey Jones, the Triceratons have kind of backed their way into being way more important today than they were in 1987. Yeah, which I don't I'm not complaining. It's just a, it's a fact. Like they're way more important now than they ever were to that original cartoon show. Yeah. Um, let's see. What is, I mean, they could have been like, you know, that could have been the takeover. They could have taken over for like a good, you know, full season or so. Well, maybe not a full season, but you know what I mean? Yeah. I think they could have, it would have been a nice change of pace. Yeah. Um, there was uh, one image of the Triceratons in the Archie comics that we don't have to talk about. Nothing more than just a dude in the background. Uh, apparently, the Triceratons also exist in the comic strip, which we haven't even talked about yet. So we'll we'll get to that. Uh, the, the Triceratons were also in the Image comics run. Uh, there was uh, like a significant part there that we will get to pretty soon actually we're going to start the image comics run within the next five episodes oh nice yeah so so look forward to that the next major version of the characters uh come from the 2k3 series and of course as you as you can expect that 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 of course was a a phase two series so it came during the ownership of the turtles by peter laird his sole ownership so as much as he loved the characters and triceratopses they were pretty significant to the tv show let's see one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen fifteen sixteen seventeen eighteen nineteen twenty twenty one twenty two twenty three twenty four twenty five twenty six almost more than 30 episodes have some sort of triceraton in them wow in the 2K3 series, which is, I can completely believe, like they they were a big deal. Um, we we got a lot of major characters uh, out of that. Uh, we got, com- of course, Commander Mozar, Traximus, Zog, um, Zog, of course, being a holdover from one of the most memorable uh, comic series that we that we got in Mirage, uh, Return to New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Zog is literally, he's my favorite Triceraton. Oh yeah. You know, as, as Traximus being the good guy, Triceraton, uh, the representation of the Triceratons in 2K3 is very similar to that of the original Mirage, uh, comic book. They are fighting with the, the Federation. They're, you know, chasing after the fugitoid. Uh, the the only real nuance that was that was in that series was they also showed up to the the, the battle nexus. Mm-hmm. You know, and there were some, of course, one offs here and there. They they ended up being in the, the um, fast forward season as like an ally with Bishop, which is really weird. Which we'll get to, of course. Mm-hmm. Um. But what? How do you feel about the Triceratons in Two K Three? I absolutely love them. Is, is that your like canonical Triceratons in your brain? Um, since it was again, like you know, it, it's the Mario Kart theory. 
or the, <laughs> you know, it's everybody's first, you know, introductions. Like I, that's that's definitely been my my favorite. Now we haven't gotten to, um, you know, fully in in 2K12, but I've, I, dude, I've watched those episodes. I love a good Prison Break, uh, story. Um, and uh, I've watched those episodes so many times. Because yeah. it was something that I'd I'd not I'd not seen the turtles do before. Like you know, yeah, they went to the Dimension X and whatever in the '80s cartoon, but I'm like, this was full on space. Like I had to see the next episode the next day, or you mm-hmm. know, every week, and uh, it just it gripped me. Uh, yeah. So, and, and and it it also helps that these were long arcs. Yeah. You know, it wasn't just a one-off, oh, here's some dinosaur men. Like, Turtles in Space was a five-part arc. Yeah. You know, Rogue in the House, two episodes. The Big Brawl, four episodes. Space Invaders, three episodes. Worlds Collide, three episodes. So there was a lot of screen time given to the Triceratons in 2K3. uh, And two very significant arcs. Uh, One pulled directly from the comics, and then one where... The Triceratons basically followed the signal back to Earth and proceeded to invade, but still just to get the Fugitoid. Yeah. You know, uh, which was a fun way to write a new story while sticking to the core of the characters. You know, we we tried to get the Fugitoid from you when you were here, but we couldn't. So we're going to follow you to your home and basically stalk you until you give us this this robot, which is it, it's it's a it's a fun way to fun direction to take it, and 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 the whole Triceraton um, invasion is like that that's that's a story beat that has been recreated in other in other series. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um. Let's keep it going. Um. The next major version of the Triceratons that we got, we can either say it's IDW or 2012. Um, if, if we're talking what came first, I th- I'd, I'd have to go with IDW. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know that we're not quite deep enough into that uh, that run for you to really see the meat of it yet. Because things get real, real weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm, I'm not going to get into the, you know, the, the nitty gritty of the, the story details, but I, I am going to spoil a few things here. So I'm sorry, Jeff. Oh, well, it, it's fine. It, it, this is literally just like origin story stuff. So instead of the Triceratons being a, like a, a race of or a species from outer space, I, I don't know if we've gotten to this yet, but what they are in IDW is a race of dinosaur people created by the Utrams to basically as like slaves or you know servants they 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 fill out their military and 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 do um basically servitude and they got the DNA from human triceratops centuries ago not human not earth triceratops you know millennia ago so like they came to earth 
stole the the DNA of Triceratops, went you know went to space, cloned them into these bipedal you know killing machines, and used them as their workforce, only for them to turn against them and create an entire like storyline based on that. From that we get uh, we get a, a very different version of Zog. Uh, we get a whole a whole new cast of Triceratops characters or Triceraton characters uh, that you and me are really going to read soon uh, because the, the, uh, the Utram empire three issue miniseries, I believe we'll be reading very soon. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the Triceraton story that is ongoing, that is actually still happening in the IDW books is fascinating. Well, that's absolutely fascinating. Good to hear. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to spoil anything else for you. And I know, uh, like, but but if we're talking about the Triceratons and what's important about the characters, I kind of had you know I kind of had to go into that. Yeah. Um, the one issue, not issue, but but the one problem with the Triceraton race in comics is that it's very it's often hard to tell them apart you know one triceratops man looks exactly like another triceratops man i i I vividly remember not being able to tell which triceratops on the page was the girl one right you know and i i guess i guess that that's just the artist not getting their job done right you know, if, if if you're doing it right, you should be able to tell. I'm not saying you have to draw boobs on a Triceraton, yeah. but you need to be able to tell these characters apart on a, on a right. page. So, uh, and and we'll get to that when we get to those issues. Uh, I, I know you don't have much. Like, do you recall if we've talked about the Triceratons in the IDW continuity at all? I thought that we did. I don't know. Like, we we we've only gotten to issue fifty. And I swear that we did like in like maybe it was like a one off Krang that that might be right issue. That, yeah. yeah, yeah, that that that's very possible. Um, other than that, I don't feel like again, the real meat of the, the Triceraton story doesn't start until after issue 50. Um, it might even be farther than that, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. I promise you it's wonderful. Like, well, I can't wait. Like even in the the Armageddon game, which which is going on right now, there is a, m- a major piece of the Armageddon game that is Triceraton related. So it, it is it is very much playing out in front of our eyes. Um, and I guess that brings us to the last major version of the Triceratons, and that is the 2012 cartoon. And that we've really only dipped our toes into. Yeah, I don't want you to spoil any of that for me because I want <laughs> to like dig right in, you know, to that. Yeah. Uh, well, the thing is, is you already know the beginning of the story. You yeah. know, the, the Triceratons showing up to Earth and and you know trying to take it over and yeah. pulling a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy move and destroying the Earth. Yes. Yeah, and and that's really where we left the story off is 
the Earth disappearing and the turtles in space. And, and disappearing? So, it got decimated. <laughs> it got sucked into a black hole. It disappeared. You know, it, it, it like everyone's loaded. Everyone's dead. Yes. Uh, and and I, I don't think we really have to go any farther than that because we get the we basically get the gist of the Triceraton race in in those opening episodes, and they're just the new they're the new antagonist in the yeah. season we're about to start. So, uh, visually speaking, they are terrifying, and someone really earned their money putting the 3D model together for the the 2K3. Or not the, the I'm sorry the 2K12 Triceraton, yeah. And 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 kudos for getting Michael freaking Dorn to you know to do the voices. Uh, yeah, like the majority of them. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, for those of you who don't know who Michael Dorn is, he is Worf from Star Trek: The Next Generation as just yes. a deep commanding um, voice that is just it's like a like a hot knife through butter. E- equally terrifying Michael Torn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and this is not the first time he's played a, a bad guy. He's, he's done some, you know, some bad guy voiceovers uh, before, so he's no stranger to voiceover work. Um, so I would argue that, that, that Worf was a reluctant good guy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah, we don't really have to go deep in, in, in into that that version just 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 know that we we like that version and i really like what they did with zog's character yeah you know zog started off as like this this uh sympathetic oh no you know he's trapped here and he's dumb how do we you know what what do we do and then as soon as he's not dumb anymore he's immediately preparing to destroy the earth yeah uh which is it, it is significantly different from the story that was originally told, which was which which was a much more sympathetic, you know. I'm fighting for the Triceraton Republic. You know, I'm I'm the noble being that doesn't understand that there's no way for him to go home, and he's ultimately just going to die here on this planet. Yeah. So it, there's always intrigue when you're talking about any of these Triceraton characters because they, there's either tragic, they're either they're either fighting to save their race. Or they're tragically stranded and going to die. Yeah. There's really not much of a middle ground. There's not. Yeah. Um, as for any other version, let me let me see if there's any other version here. I don't I don't think so. Not any that not any that really matter. No. Uh, there there have been some figures uh, of of Triceraton as a you know as a race and and also as some of the characters like Traximus has gotten one. Uh, Zog has gotten one, gotten a few. Tri- just quote unquote Triceraton comes up a lot. Uh, we're getting a brand new Zog figure with the Holothon this year. Yep, looks fantastic. Yeah, yeah, Zog, and it's huge. Uh, I, I really want to put its box next to the other um, Mirage boxes just to just to see how big it's going to be. Uh, of course, we've gotten the multi-packs for Zarek, Z- Zarek Zork, and Triceraton Infantrymen uh, from NECA in the Tune line. And and even, you know, even that those odd Playmates 2-packs have a Triceraton in there, too, which is not even a, it's not even a terrible figure. No. You know, it could be way worse. 
um, I, I guess the, 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 the my, my last note here is, um, do you know about the Dark Horse figurines? Um, no. So, way, 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 way back, before the, 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 the cartoon was even thought of, Mirage uh, licensed Dark Horse to make, like, tiny metal figurines of Turtles characters. And they made, you know, they made the four Turtles. They made Splinter, Shredder, Mausers, Casey Jones, Fugitoid. And, I mean, they're tiny. You can barely tell they're even those characters. And the Triceratons had one. Uh, it, it, if, if you look at it on the Turtlepedia, like, the, the, the image of the figurine barely even reveals what it's supposed to look like. I even think that the ones in this picture are decapitated because of them jangling around in the packaging. Yeah. Uh, Like these, these little figurines are, I really want these because they're really odd and really old and very specific to a, to, to early Mirage stuff. I have one set of them. I, it's not any of these popular characters. I don't even see the ones that I have. I think the ones that I have are like, like some sort of rabid bears or something. Doesn't matter. But yeah, there were Triceraton Dark Horse figurines, which are really small. Yeah, cool. Um, I think that's it when it comes to the the Triceratons. Uh, do you have anything else? Mm, no, not really. I mean, you know, they were all in the video games for Two K Three, of course. Um. Yeah. Um, equally, a lot easier to fight than actual in you know <laughs> on film. Uh, that's true. In in the video games, somehow they just ended up being fodder. It's just not cool. It's like you know, it's like <laughs> well, there's like some flying stages in the Game Boy Advance one, and you could like do a charge attack and just shoot them with the lasers. And I was like, well, that would probably do it, but you know. A straight-on attack, no. Yeah, yeah. Like they're supposed to be hard to beat. You know, yeah. they're they're basically invinci- invincible dinosaur men. But whatever. Um, overall, like, I'm, you know, I'm I'm very glad that we did this episode. You know, to talk, to talk about them because they're they're among some of my favorite characters in in the Turtles universe, and. I just I have that wonderful story to share with everybody when I got to meet Peter Laird and he gave me a dinosaur toy. And so. <laughs> or to, correction, a Triceratops. Little that's right. That's right. So, He's not um, just any dinosaur. That's right. So it, it makes me very happy. Um, and, and this is not anything. It's just like a fun little nugget. Uh, he was very fond of frozen lemonade treats that they had at the at the the event. So, like, who doesn't like lemonade? That's true. So, like, if you want to get on Peter Laird's good side, show up with lemonade and dinosaurs. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> now I want frozen lemonade. <laughs> if if Shellheads had episode names, this one would be called Lemonade and Dinosaurs. Hey, do it! Nope. Do it! Nope. That's not something we do here. Oh, under like like you know like in parentheses eliminated yeah because we talked about the movie most of the time so that's what the <laughs> that's what the subtitle is going to be eliminate yeah. and dinosaurs hey if rocky and bullwinkle can have two different titles for you know their next episode then we can 
have that's moved. just that's true. A little something. Speaking of next episodes, Jeff, Ooh. what's this? What's this next segment called? Time to check Sergio's spreadsheet. Oh, Jeff, come on. We <laughs> do we establish this last time, right? Next time on Shellheads. Okay, yeah. The next next time on Shellheads, we are going to talk about IDW. Yeah. Uh, issues 51 through 55 and the Casey and April four issue mini. Uh, this will be the first post post 50. So that means sh- the shredder is dead. Yep. Where, where do our turtles go after that? Um, well, in the meantime, I Jeff, you get a pizza. I, I would hope so. Uh, in the meantime, Jeff, where are you going to be found? As always, Sergio, you can find me at the Warp Zone Arcade, uh, Brennan, Mississippi's premier arcade, uh, where we have a plethora of games to enjoy, from retro classics to uh, current titles. Um, do birthday parties, tournaments, events, and more. Uh, we also do retro game restoration, uh, making your old cartridge games and cartridge-based uh, systems uh, work like new. Um, so if you were are in the area and you know want to have your stuff cleaned you know bring that out and, you, and or and or you want to game uh come game with us we'd uh we'd love to have you uh and where can we find you sergio uh well uh, i'm gonna actually plug the of course as always follow the shellheads podcast um social media stuff if you want to just follow me like if you're a weirdo and want to hear what i have to say you can follow me on basically every platform under L I U G E A U X. That's almost every platform alive. Uh, there, there's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Xbox Live, PlayStation Network. Uh, I, my Tumblr is Tumblr slash L I U G E A U X. I own the rights to L I U G E A U X dot com. So so yeah yeah just uh, you can find me I'm out there now just to note folks if you see any images of him without facial hair that's the wrong one that's the evil Sergio no shut up Jeff (laughs) (laughs) and and from what I'm told like a good thing that you can do as a listener if you like the show uh, is rate our podcast on the platform of your choice yeah. Yeah, the, the, and of course, the two big ones are, you know, what is it, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, yes. If you can th- throw us five stars, we would be eternally grateful. Oh, yeah. I also, I also forgot to mention that Warp Zone, we're only on you know, two of the socials. We're on the Instagram and the Facebook, so you can follow us there. All right. Well, I guess you have your marching orders, listeners. Uh, thank you for your time, and thank you for indulging us in our long conversation about the new movie. Uh, and I guess tune in next time. I'm Sergio. I'm Jeff. Yeah, we're Shadowlabs! <laughs> you are wound up. Oh, I just, I, I always do it the same. I figured I would try it different this time. You sound like a grunge rocker. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Eddie Vedder would be more like, And I'm Shadowlabs!
Don't miss an episode of the Shellheads podcast. Visit realitybreach.com or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Thank you.